The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey everyone, welcome to Circling the Bases. I am your host, Chris Crawford. Thanks so much for everybody tuning in. I can't believe we're already in June and we've reached the one-third point of the season. That went really fast after a very slow off-season. Let me introduce today's guest, even if he probably, you know, doesn't need a real introduction. You have no doubt read, listened to, or watched his work. He makes up 50% of the Suspettis Family Barbecue with Jordan Schusterman. The better half, eh, that's debatable, but we can talk about it. He currently writes for Fox Sports, and there was this one time that he forgot to tell me that he drove his car through a toll, and I had to fight to get rid of a multi-hundred-dollar fine. Please welcome my buddy, Jake Mintz. Jake, how are we doing today? That was on me. That was on me. That was on me, uh, 100%. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, if people can see my lower, some people can. I know some people are listening, podcast players. I am concussed right now, and I am lo- not loving it. Oh. I was involved in a little hit and run action oh, uh, over man. the weekend. I was not the culprit. I want to be clear. I'm not admitting to a crime Thank here you. on Circling the Bases. <laughs> I appreciate you clearing that up because our legal team would have had a lot of fun, I think. It would have been it would have been nice to meet some of those guys, but I'm glad you're admitting that. Definitely a change of pace for them. Definitely a change of pace. So I'm going to transition from that into Juan Soto because the last time I had you and Jordan on the podcast, I don't know if you remember this. We played a fun game of you have to get rid of one and you had to pick between Ronald Acuna, Fernando Tatis and Juan Soto. And you guys horribly decided that you didn't love Juan Soto. It was, you know, it still kind of breaks my heart a little bit, but. And it was the wrong pick. (laughs) It probably was. the Okay. It was the wrong pick in terms of production. I'm not sure if it was the wrong pick in terms of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, I still think yeah. those other two guys are more fun to watch play baseball with all due respect to Juan Soto. Love him to death. So I'm not sure if you saw this or not, Jake, but there was a report today after a report for Buster only said that the Nationals could be motivated to trade Juan Soto. Uh, there was a report today from Mike Rizzo who went on a show and said, we are not trading Juan Soto. I don't know what else the general manager of a baseball team is going to say. I joked on Twitter that nobody's going to go, oh, hell yeah, we're trading Juan Soto. That's absolutely going to happen. Get your offers in as soon as possible. But I want to ask you this. If you could have Juan Soto traded to any Major League Baseball team, where would it be? It's probably the Blue Jays or the Padres. Oh, those are both good. 
Those are really good. The Padres, oh. it's like, okay, so I have to stay up later to watch, which is fine. <laughs> sure. It's okay. Right? Him and Tatis. The Blue Jays, it's like, you know, he's just another guy on a fun team. Now, there is also the idea, right? Do you want to – is it too many fun cooks in a fun kitchen oh, if you put them on those teams? Like, that's is there a boring point. team with otherwise good vibes sure. who needs, like, a face, right? Okay. The, like, the, the Roy – no, the Royals, no. No, bad Jake. The Mariners, <laughs> honestly, the Mariners. is honestly yeah. the Mariners, actually. Yeah. Dude, that is a good way to suck up to Jordan, for sure. I – to ask this question to my buddy George Bissell. And the answer that I came up with was I want Juan Soto on the Minnesota Twins. And it's no. because no. no. What okay. Don't tell me why no first. It's too cold there, man. It's, <laughs> there, it's cold. <laughs> it is it is cold in the winter and it's very, very hot in the summer. So that's that is one thing I think you do have to But why the on. twins? I'm curious. Because First of all, I whenever I think about this, I think of really good uniforms, and the Minnesota Twins, to me, have the best collection of uniforms. I also think that getting to watch Juan Soto play next to Byron Buxton would just be an absolute treat, and to watch Juan Soto hit after Byron Buxton would be an absolute delight as well. And it's just kind of like a franchise. I, want, I didn't want – Tampa Bay doesn't deserve Juan Soto. Teams that don't spend a bunch of money, like – don't deserve Juan Soto, if I'm being completely honest with you. Their yeah. fan bases might, but Tampa Bay doesn't. Sorry, Tampa Bay. I love you, and no, I really don't. There is something about a team that, like, Minnesota tried. like, And having him yeah. come over and be, like, a part of, like, Royce Lewis and Byron Buxton and that type of thing, I think that could be a heck of a lot of fun. So Juan Soto is the type of player that deserves or at least is on the pace to be the greatest player in a franchise's history, correct? Yes. Yeah. And if he continues with the Nats for the rest of his career in that realm, and we can talk a little bit more about the specifics of the report later. I actually want to talk about that. If he finishes with the Nats, he'll be the best Nat ever. Sorry, right. Ryan Zimmerman. Like He'll be the Nat. And so yeah. in my head, I'm like, where else could he go where he's the best player in that team's oh, history? And I think the point. Blue Jays is probably still an answer. Yeah, I would say so as well. A full yeah. career of Juan Soto in Toronto. He's probably the best Blue Jay of all time if he continues doing what he's doing, right? Right. Even with and a little regression, I think that's true. I don't think he can be the best twin. I don't think there's a way for him to surpass like Killebrew or Carew, really, Ooh, in terms of like interesting. maybe yeah. the past and history has is, is too strong in my mind. But is it, that's just something that came to my mind, right? Like where yeah. is Juan Soto going to get a statue? That's right? a good point. Yeah, I mean, and I want him to stay. That's like why I want him sure. to stay in DC. Yeah, me too. And ultimately, Mike Rizzo is a pretty sharp dude. I think that they're going to realize that there is just no realistic trade. You said you wanted to talk about the specifics, yes. so get into the specifics. The Juan Soto convert. The two main things dominating the Washington Nationals right now are being discussed separately, but they are very, very, very intertwined. And that is okay. the team potentially being sold as the mm -hmm. learners are exploring that possibility. Sure. He got his ring. He lost a lot of money relatively, relatively lost money after the pandemic, right? Teams make a lot of money the year after they win. They didn't get that financial bump. Time to sell the team. He's like 94 years old. He did it. He won. Goodbye. And then they're signing Juan Soto. The learners are not, does not make sense for them to pay and extend Juan Soto, right? Right. Because why are you paying for something that you don't get to reap the benefits of? Right. In theory. And then at the same time, the learners don't want to be the ones who trade Juan Soto and be the villains of a city forever. Oh, that's so the learners point. 
I don't think anything will happen with Soto until the team is sold. That new owner is either going to one trade or two extend Juan Soto. And you could see a scenario where the person who comes in is like, I'm here to extend Soto. I'll do what it takes. I'm going to pay for it. It's worth it for me. Right. But we're not going to get a resolution to the Soto drama until the team gets sold. I think that's interesting too, because of the fact that like, if you're the team selling the Washington nationals, is there any more, and I hate the term asset, but is there any more attractive asset than a Juan Soto being a part of your roster? You know what I mean? Like, I think that has to go into it that one, you have Juan Soto two very small down. There is the fact that you have one of the few good city connect jerseys. Again, it comes back to jerseys for me. They, they are the one of the few teams that have gotten this right. I think it's really fascinating. I, I really hope he just stays in Washington, D.C. I'm yeah. a big fan of seeing guys. Now, at the same time, if they're not willing to pay Juan Soto what Juan Soto was worth, then I hope he goes somewhere else because Juan Soto. I should have mentioned this. Like when, when Mike Rizzo said, we're not trading Juan Soto, he's right. He's not trading Juan Soto, right? Right. <laughs> I think if I – I don't know anything that you don't, but if I had yeah. to pick a GM to who's like the next to go would be Rizzo. In yeah. my mind, because it's like he doesn't want to sit through a rebuild. He's no. done time and time again, like pump the money into the team to sign old veterans to like mortgage the future for the present in a way that I think sure. was good for them yeah. and flags fly forever. But mm-hmm. why would he want to sit through a rebuild, man? Like, no. There's right? tons of organizations that would be super interested in Mike Rizzo building their organization. I think that yeah. is also a really good point. Just something to think Yes. So if this guy ever got to free agency, the New York Yankees and the Los Angeles Dodgers would obviously be teams that would be interested in him. And I wanted to bring up those teams because I had an interesting conversation actually with my grandma about this. She is not a fan of the New York Yankees and the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers because she likes to see the little guys win. But right now, the two best teams in baseball, even after losing two of three, uh, two games in a row to the Pirates, are the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees. You also see the New York Mets, who are having a sensational season. Angels on a six-game losing streak as we're recording this, but have had have looked the part for most of the year. So I ask you this, Jake. Is it good for baseball to have teams in Los Angeles and New York be dominant? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. These teams are big deals. Like, you can root against the Yankees and root against the Dodgers all you want, but more people care about them. Sure. And what that means is if more people are caring about teams that are good, more people are then watching Bobby Witt by proxy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which is a way just to think about how that dynamic works. Now, absolutely. Why are we in this position now? Okay. The jo- the Dodgers and the Giants and the Yankees and the Red Sox about 10 years, eight years ago, all got smart and realized that they should stop spending their money just on free agents and start spending their money on the draft and in Latin America and on scouting and on development and on R&D. And now the Yankees and the Dodgers have like the two best R&D scouting development systems in the world, right? And like, that's why, because they can pump more money into that. It's not necessarily what we see at the top of the iceberg with Freddie Freeman and the impending enormous Aaron Judge contract, but it is that too. Right. Yeah, you know, I think it's great for baseball. And I think one of the things is rooting against a bad – what kind of Canadian there with my against? Rooting against a very good Yankee or Dodger team is something that has made baseball one of the most popular sports as well. Correct. Like, That's a great there point. Is, 
there is something about the team that you love to hate that makes this sport better. And, you know, we talk all this time about parody and stuff like that. And that actually leads me to my next question for you, but parody is fine, but having like a dominant New York Yankee baseball team, which they have been for most of the season, even against a tremendous division, they have just looked so good. And it is so much fun to wonder not only how good can they be and how much other people are hating this because there's no denying it. There are people who literally just root against the Yankees. The, rooting against the Yankees is some people's favorite team. There's no denying this. But I think it's just a better sport. And I think the same thing for the Dodgers. It's to a lesser extent because we did see the Dodgers have a, I believe, 22, 32 years, something like that, streak where they didn't yeah. win a world championship. But I think baseball is better when those two coasts are super involved. Yankee fans, let me back up. Yankee okay. fans have not gotten a great rep recently, and deservedly so, right? Okay. For Fair. throwing the stuff on the field yes. and the Tim Anderson stuff. Like, that's yeah. all bad, right? It's and that, bad. that is also a segment of the fan base and not every single fan. And I'm not yeah. labeling every fan that way, whatever, whatever, whatever. Not all fans have. As a fan base, I do think that most fan bases are the same yeah. in baseball. And yeah. I do believe that the Yankees fan base, for better or for worse, is genuinely different. Right. Yep. October in the Bronx feels different. There is an intensity that doesn't exist elsewhere in baseball. And I think that that fan base, while it can be annoying and incessant and a pest, right, it also creates an atmosphere around the game that cannot be matched. And so yep. I think that is good for the sport, even if it's not always, you know, like as an Orioles fan, a sure. joy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That leads perfectly. Nice segue, Mr. Mintz. I want to talk to you about Baltimore and Seattle because those are the two teams that you and Jordan root for both going through it a little bit, have gone through it since, uh, you know, a long, long time since you guys were probably born. No, actually the Orioles were pretty good Orioles there good. for a second. Yeah. They had, they had a nice little moment. Nobody had more wins from 2012 <laughs> to 2016. Yeah. Well, hang the banner. Hang the banner. Whose rebuild is going better between Baltimore and Seattle in your personal opinion? I mean, if you had asked this question two months ago, it would have been ridiculed for asking it, right? Because yeah. we came into this year being like, oh, the Mariners, here they are. And then, like, <laughs> they just have laid an absolute egg Yeah. so far this year, whereas the Orioles have, like, been a competitive baseball team. Sure. I think an or if the Orioles were in the AL Central, they could finish third, which is the most backhanded compliment of all time. Right. right? I did say that to someone on the Orioles. <laughs> Recently. <laughs> they will not be named. Um, <laughs> pretty funny. I, whew, that's a really good question. I still think the Mariners are ahead of the Orioles just because of the pitching that they have. Yep. That's fair. And the Mariners have spent money to bring in good baseball players in a way that the Orioles have not. Now they have yeah. not necessarily spent that money in the optimal way. Robbie Ray has been okay tonight. Yeah against the Orioles, but has been a little underwhelming so far this season. I just think, but still, like, I just think that the Orioles have more question marks. There are more things that you need to dream on. Like, would you rather have Han Emerson Hancock, George Kirby, and Gilbert, or like D.L. Hall, Grayson Rodriguez, and like insert pitcher here, right? <laughs> that's that's the difference is insert pitcher here because and that's honestly that's like a that that all that might be is just a year of time, 
Right. Right. Yeah, That's absolutely. all that is a year or two of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. I think that the Orioles are actually, if the, if we were changing things here and we were calling these teams the Seattle Orioles and the Baltimore Mariners, yeah, I would feel a lot different because I think that if Baltimore had their current situation in the AL West, I don't think it would be personally close because I think that they have the best prospect in baseball in Adley Rushman, the best pitching prospect in baseball in Grayson Rodriguez, one of the most underrated prospects in the entire sport in Gunnar Henderson, and a bunch of really nice filler too. Plus, if they do this right, they're going to add Drew Jones. And that is a big difference to me too. So the fact that the Mariners are probably going to add Tamar guy. I'm a Tamar guy, but we can talk about it later. Okay, we can't talk about that in just a second. You're you're absolutely wrong, and we just talked about it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It, I, I love Tamar Johnson. R.J. Anderson of CBS Sports has been trying to convince me of Tamar Johnson. Now he has Andrew, he has Drew Jones ahead, but I totally get that. That hit tool might be an 80 when all, when all and, is said and done. And just quickly on Tamar, Tamar is the high school version of the college player that the Orioles have drafted every single year. That is a very good point. And I also think you're talking about and unfortunately, because of the way these rules work, probably $2 million in difference in signing bonus, which can make a significant difference in terms of these things. But I, I do. I love what the Orioles are doing. I want them to start spending some money because they, they can't hashtag uh, Breaking Bad. They can't keep getting away with this. At some point, you have to start yeah. making some commitments, they, too. They did put funds. some money in for Correa. I mean, they were definitely involved for sure. Correa. And yeah. I think that he's a really I, – I wouldn't be surprised if they're involved again in the offseason. You think he's opting out for some reason? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he hasn't – like, what's interesting is that so far this year for Correa, like, he's been fine to meh. Yeah. And yeah. the team has been good, yeah. which is, like, the one scenario where I guess he would stay. And sure. But I would assume that he turns it around. He yeah. still has a 123 OPS plus. Like, he's still great. Yeah. But what the Orioles really need – is a uh, Jason Worth style contract. That's like, we're going to overpay for a guy mm -hmm. and it's going to be a symbol to everyone that, that we're trying to win now. And then sure. the culture kind of builds around that guy. And yeah. I think that is useful in ways that you can't always see. I'm not exactly sure who that player is, but I do think it's worth for them, uh, worth it for them to spend money on a guy like that. Absolutely. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday. Lead-off coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Tigers taking on the Yankees in the Bronx on Sunday, June 5th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on the game, Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em contest. Have you been watching the Peacock Baseball? Just just nod your head yes. A hundred percent. So wait, I, I know that this is going to sound like you told me to do this. Okay. I've been a Peacock stan. Okay? Uh, I love it. Peacock is one of the few streaming services that, services that I have subscribed to for years because I am an English Premier League nut and a cycling oh, nut. Oh yes, I watch right. my soccer in the morning and I, all nice. of like there's all this cycling stuff on Peacock. So yeah. when I was like, oh, baseball on Peacock, people were like, oh man, I got to add another. I was like, nah, <laughs> dude, like I'm ready to go. Like I had Benetti lined up. <laughs> Perfect. I can now say that I have John Miller, Jason Benetti, and Vin Scully as people that I work with now. And oh yeah, for sure. I think that is. And just, but no, it's been great. By the way, after the game, stay tuned. We do a waiver wire question and answer on YouTube. It's been a lot of fun. We'll answer all of your questions, fantasy baseball or not. Please stop on by. I want to talk to you about the NCAA tournament before we get into some award stuff. Tommy Tanks. And for those unfamiliar with Tommy Tanks, we're talking about Tommy White, a player for NC State who just had one of the most impressive freshman seasons that I have seen. He had 27 homers in 55 games surprisingly nc state was not selected as an ncaa tournament team now on its own i think that was a tremendous mistake i'll do respect to teams like liberty that got in that i don't really believe or even Ole miss to be completely Ole honest miss. with you that Ole miss got, is the one yeah. yeah that that got in over those guys I, it just really bugs me but so that was disappointing on its own, but not getting to see a guy like Tommy Tanks get to play in the tournament. Let me ask you this, Tommy Tanks, if you're the NCAA selection committee, should you be thinking about star players like this when you're making your tournament selections? No, you should not. I mean, like you should let NC State in the tournament anyway, because they, right. were, like, they deserve to be there. Right. But you could make an argument like I know he's more famous, but like. Jacob Gonzalez is like probably a better player than Tommy White and is the best 100%. player on this, right? And I, I think that then you're splitting hairs and I don't really believe that people are like tuning in to see college players unless they're pitchers. I sure. think there was some effect with, with Lighter and Rocker, but I don't think that within the regional weekend madness, right? It's like mayhem. There's 80 games happening at a time that like someone is tuning in for that. That being said, they should have been in anyway. Yeah. Yeah, they really should have. And, you know, I agree with you. I will say this. I think one of the reasons that people don't turn in for star baseball players from the college is because we don't have guys like this very often. That's and I true. think that's I think that's something that I would be at least considering it. Would it be fair to the other teams? Like if you're Ole Miss and you all of a sudden you listen to the selection committee go on 
ESPN and tell Kyle Peterson and Mike Rooney, well, we picked it because of Tommy White. You guys don't have Tommy White. I think I'd be pretty frustrated, but yeah. I do think, um, I do think it would be something that would be at least be in the back of my mind. Part of that is just, I am a really flawed human being who's won in the college world series. Tennessee. I am all in. I'm actually writing about Tennessee right now. Nice. I just, they are a very unique baseball team. They are a circus. Yep. I call them the rambunctious orange circus. Like they don't care what you think and they're super hateable yeah. and they're super lovable. They're like Globo Jim from Doc. <laughs> Fun. And I just, what I find the most interesting about Tennessee is that their head coach, like a lot of the time in college baseball, when guys do goofy stuff, they're doing it like behind the back of their coach. Right. Whereas for Tennessee, their coach, Tony Vitello is the ringleader of the circuit. Yeah. He's like, He's like, no, 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 do this. Like, be weird. Like, be obnoxious, right? And that creates a very unique identity, I think. Whereas most college baseball teams' identity is the same. It's just like, try hard and don't have errors, you know? He is everything good about college baseball. There are some things about college baseball to me that are not so great. Mm-hmm. Pitch counts are getting better, but there are just there are things about college baseball that can really, really frustrate me. Can I give you a hot take? Yeah, absolutely. This is more specifically for small school D3 college baseball. Okay. But as someone who had their arm run into the ground to the point of having to have Tommy John surgery, I am pro like 180 pitch pitch counts if you have zero ambitions of playing professional baseball. Because like yes. for me, the action is the juice, right? Yeah, that is the life, right? Yeah. And like I think that – I think it's totally fair to like not – to do whatever we can to make sure that Wayne Graham doesn't Wayne Graham ever yes. again, or no one does right. that. Right? right. And I think that that's important, but at mm-hmm. the same time, like when I see people being like, wow, how could this D three guy throw like 154? Pitches? It's like, he's a, he's 24. Sure. And he has a kid and yeah. like he's in his sixth year. And yeah. I do think that like, I have, as somebody who watches a lot of small school ball, like that as just something that has started to bug me. We're like, right. let's pick our battles. Like, let's just make sure that like, you know, Drew Beam isn't being obliterated. <laughs> yeah. There, there's, there is a big, big difference between the two. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is also, you know, there's even for guys who are not necessarily professional prospects, like bringing in a guy to pitch after throwing 103 pitches the day before. Sorry. Yes. That's just not ever going to be acceptable for me. A guy throwing 150 pitches where he's throwing 83 miles per hour and is going to be part of the next not all of us go pro in baseball commercial thing. Okay. That's, that's a lot more acceptable to me. And it, you know, you talked about flags fly forever. There is something to be said about taking away that moment from that kid. You know what I mean? Like that is his yeah. one shining moment and saying that, well, we need to preserve you or we need to make sure that, you know, your arm's going to be okay for your desk job. It's a different thing. I'm sorry. I have at least come around on that. But I, for guys who are, if you're a high school pitching prospect who is listening to this, please pay attention to see what your college coach is doing in terms of pitch counts at the very end. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I did an interview with Adley Rushman's high school coach. Nice. Last week. And one of the things that he talked about that didn't make the piece was that he recognized very early what he had. And he immediately was like, you're not pitching like ever. And yeah. we're going to not have you catch all the time because sure. we need to save your arm because one day you're going to be Adley Rushman. 
Yeah. And I think that's really cool. And I wish more coaches had that mentality. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's extremely rare. I think we're changing a little bit as we become more aware of what's going on in this world and about the fact that like, it's more public when you do stuff like that. There are, I'm sure were times, especially in like yeah. the mid nineties where a guy threw 180 pitches and nobody would know about it unless <laughs> the guy writing about the game <laughs> happened to mention it. You know what I mean? It's just Jordan has a great story of the time where I was playing on a men's league team. And my men's league coach was a hundred percent lying about my pitch count. And like, <laughs> and like Jordan was there in the dugout and like, I would come out, come in from like a, you know, a 23 pitch sixth inning. I'd be like, Hey, Roth, what am I at? And Roth would just be like, uh, 61. I'd be like, no way. Like I said 58 last inning. I, I was like, okay, whatever. I have to ask you this. Do you take issue with the seven perfect game gave you? No, that was the right number. Okay. See, perfect game gave me a seven. I would have given me a six. Like, well, <laughs> I, I honestly think that perfect game giving me a seven delegitimizes them as a business. <laughs> I, if I'm a seven, there are no threes. Three is like you didn't bring a glove. Like, three is like you don't know the rules because I was as bad of a professional prospect as you could imagine, right? Like, no high-end training, no smooth m- movements, no power, uh, no rotational, you know, torque or ability. I had a whippy arm. That's all I had. I had a whippy arm. And I was, you know, 5'11", 145. And they put a 7 out of 10 on me. That is malpractice, okay? <laughs> I would argue that if you get a 3, it's because you didn't pay your registration fee on time. How about that, that huh? <laughs> that would be my argument. But... I, I will say I go back to that all the time and uh, you're a 10 in my book. Let's just say that you are an absolute. I will 10. always be an excellent student in, yes. in your book. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, if I Twitter search for the times that I've wrote the words so, excellent student. The funniest me. part is that like at, on perfectgame.com, for those who don't know what, you're, what we're talking about, they have write-ups for high school players and they have, I believe it's it's excellent student, great student and good student. <laughs> Oh. And it's basically just a reflection of whatever your GPA is. I think I don't think it act like they're not digging into anything past yes. that. <laughs> they didn't and I love English. I love teacher. finding. I love yeah. <laughs> my English teacher. What's his work ethic like? <laughs> I love finding current big leaguers who had one of those things. Oh my gosh! Like Kyle That's... Schwarber has good student. <laughs> you know. I don't want to stereotype, but good student would have been kind of what I would have guessed, guessed yeah, based, on, based yeah. on what he looks like. Real quick before we let you go, let's do some award stuff because we are yeah. basically at the one-third prediction. Give me your MVPs, and we're not talking about who you're predicting to win the awards. We're talking just about, based on right now, if the award voters had to vote, who are your MVPs? I think it's Machado in the National League for me. Him and Betts are pretty neck and neck now after Mookie caught absolute fire the last couple of weeks. He's and when he's in, man, he's in. Yeah. He looks in right now. Yeah. But Machado with what he's done with Tatis being out, that team has done more than stay afloat in Tatis's absence. They've been right in the mix, you know, right up there in the National League West. And this is like, this is the Manny Machado that we 
have kind of always been waiting for, right? He's been a half tick below this always. Mm -hmm. He's been an all-star, but really never a true MVP candidate other than the shortened fake 2020 season. But this is the, right. Like what's his highest MVP finish? I guess he finished fourth in 15, fifth in 16, and then third in the weird 2020 year, 18th last year. But other than that, not a lot, you know, from 17 to 19, nothing. So I would say that this is the year that he really finishes to the top. And then in the AL, it's Trout because it's Mike Trout. Okay. I I would go Aaron Judge over Trout, and I hate saying it because it feels like saying something negative about Mike Trout. And he's got enough negativity right now with his being called out for being a poor fantasy football commissioner. That story, I could do an entire podcast on it, Um, but I will. I, I, I agree with you. I will say this. The reason for me Machado over Betts is, if it's a tiebreaker type of thing, San Diego is in trouble without Manny Machado. The Dodgers are going to be good. It's not fair maybe to say this, but if it, when it's close to me, I think about this. The fact that San yeah. Diego has needed Manny Machado to be good in order to be where they are at this point. The Dodgers probably are just fine without Mookie Betts, but that's not an insult to him. How about Cy Youngs? Cy Youngs. I will go with Shane McClanahan. Okay. In the American League, the K per nine is eye popping, and it's yeah, ridiculous. His innings count is just a tick below some of the other players, but that's just because he plays in Tampa, and they yeah. use that bullpen that way. It's the same sure. as the Blake Snell conversation from a couple yes. years ago. It's like, how much do you ding a guy for something outside of his control? He's throwing mm-hmm. as well as one can for the innings he's tasked with throwing, and similar, honestly, to the Corbin Burns situation from last season. Very much so. Yeah. Okay, and then your National League, Cy Young? Oh, as much as I, I – if I had to pick someone who I think it would be, I want to give it to Carlos Rodon. Sure. Because he's been, he's so much fun. Like, it's such yeah. a unique, fun way to pitch. Yeah. But I will go with Corbin Burns again. I think Corbin Burns is probably the right call. By the way, someday we will have to talk about uh, the fantasy draft that we did with Carlos Rodon. That was a uh, an all timer to look all at. time as, as much fun. A draft featured me, you, Jordan, a guy who now works fairly highly for the Cardinals right now, and a bunch of other folks as well. That one was a lot of fun. I, I think you're right with your picks, but I'm rooting for our good friend Carlos. And then rookies of the year. I mean, Jeremy Pena yeah. in the American League. Yeah, I I think I've never been more right about a player. I remember seeing him in Lee Dome in the Dominican Winter League playing for Estrellas two winters ago. Sure. And I just remember watching him move and like, that's a superstar shortstop. Like, what is yeah. everyone doing? Yeah. Like, you, that's what it looks like. Like, the he's in the Goldilocks zone of physicality. He's 6'3 and he's mobile. What, what do you people do? Like... <laughs> Are you guys not seeing this? That's oh, how I felt, right? Yeah. And I, everyone was like, well, we don't know about the power. We don't know if the power is real. Relax about the power. And I was like, he's hitting balls out of the Dominican Winter League stadiums, which is like impossible, sure. right? Yeah. Yeah. No one hits home runs down there. And I was like, okay, actualizing that in games at the big league level is maybe hard, yes. Sure. But the juice is there, man. Yeah. yeah. So I love that he's been breaking out. He's super fun. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's funny you mentioned this because I did a thing in Arizona, first pitch Arizona, and I picked Jeremy Pena as one of my underrated rookie guys. And I get an email from a dude who drafted him like every other week saying thank you because he's been <laughs> that good. Yeah, he's been I will good. say this. If I was predicting, I think Julio Rodriguez might catch him. I have just been so impressed with what Julio has done since that 
awful start, but right now you have to give it for Jer- to Jeremy Pena. How about the National League? It it has to be Mackenzie Gore. Yep. Right? Yep. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy that it has to be Mackenzie Gore right now? Like based on everything that was going on at this point last year, imagine me telling you, Jake Mintz, that Mackenzie Gore has to be the National League Rookie of the Year. Yeah, it's pretty nuts, man. It's such a testament to to him staying like with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like lesser pros, like lesser people, lesser prospects would have full given up. Yeah, absolutely. It would. It, they would have been like, well, guess he got to move me to relief because I'm just not going to figure this out. Oh boy, has he ever figured it out? Like for those who aren't familiar, I, obviously you're familiar with Mackenzie Gore, but you may not know that this guy has a one. 0.71 ERA right now, 10 strikeouts. By the way, Joe Ryan, I think, would be in this conversation as well, if not for how good these guys would look. My one sleeper moving forward is okay. Luis Gonzalez of the San Francisco Giants because 100%. his he's just played less. He hasn't mm-hmm. played all year. He didn't come up start the year, but he's a real player. He's a baller. Yep. I'm a big fan yeah. of that guy. Me too. And it took him a little bit of time. I think this is one thing that the White Sox uh, might end up regretting. I will say this. I'm already looking forward to that one weirdo who votes for Joe Mantiply as Rookie of the Year. Mm. It's, going to, it's going to happen. I'm just telling you right now to be prepared for it. Be fruitful and Mantiply. <laughs> wow. I can't believe we're going to end the podcast on this. Jake, thank you so much for doing this. Doing it anyway is a, a real treat. But the fact that you did this while uh, dealing with what you're dealing right now is... Hey. Very much appreciated. Please tell everybody. I will. Promote, promote the heck out of everybody. Everything Look, dude, I went through concussion protocol. and came out at the other end, and they said, no pitching, yes, podcasts. <laughs> you can read my work uh, at Fox Sports. Writing a lot. Using the written word a, a, a lot. Going to stadiums, talking to players, asking them how they're feeling, and questions better than that, because that's a bad yeah. question. Yeah, uh, It's actually a good first question. Yeah, it's a great hey, first question. Hey, feeling? Good. Yeah. Okay, now something interesting. You can listen to me podcast about Division One college baseball over at D1Baseball.com where I co-host a podcast called The Shock Factor that we'll be recording here in about 30 minutes, our oh, nice. playoff preview, where nice. we will say one thing about all 64 teams. Oh, that'll be fun. Which will be very fun. And then you can listen to me talk about Division Three small school baseball at the podcast about Division Three baseball which is what it's named because it is the only podcast about Division Three baseball that exists. And you know. maybe one day you can listen to me do a Major League Baseball podcast again. Who knows? Yeah. And then, oh, subscribe to us on YouTube because we're making some YouTube content right now. Foolish Baseball slept in my guest bedroom right here, and now I want to be him. So That is – that. you know what? For about a minute, that is as well much promotion as I've heard, and it was good promotion as well. Thank you, you know what, Jake? I, I want to ask you a quick question before you go. Because I have known you for a, like, what now? Like 12 years? Something like that? I got that? hair in my chest now. Yeah, I, I have to ask you, because it was very clear to me. I, I joked on Twitter that, like, I didn't want to follow you guys because I was so jealous of how obvious it was that you and Jordan were going to be superstars in this industry. I, I'm not going to do the Simpsons thing. You're, you're here on a, a locomotive on the way to whatever the heck it is. Is this what you thought it would be? Is this kind of what you thought covering baseball and doing what you wanted to do would be? Yeah, I thought there'd be less depression. 
But besides <laughs> that, besides yeah, that, I hear that, you know, you, I, I, I never want to complain because I always tell people that I fell asleep on a keyboard and won the lottery. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I think that it is, I have no reference point. I'm spoiled beyond belief. Like I can't compare this to a real job because I've never had one. Right. Sure. This is all I've done since I was 17. Yeah. I would say that my perspective on the sport and the way that I cover it has changed significantly over the years. I think I have a lot more respect for the people who cover games day in, day out than I did Boy. once upon a time. How much of a grind that is. I also have a lot less respect for some of those people just because of how gatekeeper it is. Yep. Even to me, a 26-year-old white man, I can only imagine how it is for people who are not neither of those things. And so just being young is is a barrier. I would just like to simply answer your question. It is not what I thought it would be. I think it has been even better. It has yeah. been, it, I am always enthralled and compelled. And I find that what has separated me and Jordan from the throngs of other people out there is that we genuinely are interested in the sport. The number of baseball writers and talkers and commentators who don't actually like the damn thing is yeah. way more than you all think. Yeah. And I think that I can go to a ball yard and I can find one interesting thing about every single player on the Arizona Diamondbacks, if you give me 35 minutes, right? And like, that's the juice. That's yeah. the magic. And I, I am very fortunate and lucky and privileged that I still have that in me. And then I'm still given the ability to do that. One day I will go coach Little League Baseball full time, but I'm not ready to do that quite yet. Well, if you ever need an assistant coach, holler at me. Well, you're going to have to compete with ESPN's June Lee, who is my oh. actual assistant coach. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll see if uh... – I'll see if John Becker wants to coach a team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I will say this just real quick to end. Yes, you guys may have been fortunate, but you have worked your you know what's off. And I am very proud of both of you. Jordan, you're going to have to listen to this show now since I said something nice to you. I appreciate uh, it. You're very welcome. That's going to do it. Hope you guys like what you heard. Stay tuned on Friday for Drew Selvin and DJ Short. If you like what you hear, please let us know. Rate the show five stars. If you can somehow go higher than five stars, do that. But I, I think that's the limit. Uh, follow me at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Follow Jake at Jake underscore Mints. That's Mints with a Z. And Suspetta's Family Barbecue at Suspetta's Barbecue. Thanks again. Enjoy the rest of the month. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Go to therapy. It's great. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.